0: What pause all this? Woo! When scooter on the phone, you 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 bird brain.
1: What do you do? Backflips? flips, you jump up there in a silly suit, what do you do? You go bam! I want you to play this. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up here. Um uh, we got oh no sound uh, I got it oh you got it now yeah. okay yeah we're going to be talking with Keith Sturgeon here our artist friend in just a little bit because uh I'll be spending some time with Keith this weekend we have uh two big shows coming up uh tomorrow night we'll be at the Robbins Theater in downtown Warren for former Kiss guitarist Ace Fraley and then Saturday night we have Alice Cooper coming to the Covelli Center and we have some really big stuff going on with Alice um the Mahoney County Commissioners are um issuing an official proclamation declaring uh Ellis Cooper day in uh in Mahoning County and we are going to be celebrating the many years that Ellis has played in the Youngstown area Ellis and I got an interview with Ellis so when we get to some point in the show tonight we'll we'll throw that on and uh, I had a good conversation with him. It's from a while ago, but uh, it's a lot of interesting stuff. And he talks about the Midwest and, and that kind of thing. So, anyways, uh, Saturday night, Alice Cooper sold out the Covelli Center, all sold out. It's going to be a huge show. And uh, like I say, the commissioners are going to present Alice with a proclamation in honor of the sold out show. And also in honor of the many, many years that Ellis Cooper has played in the Youngstown area. Now, one of the first shows that Ellis played was when um, 18 came out. When the song 18 came out, he did a show at um, Struthers Field House. His first show that he did in the Youngstown area was at Struthers Field House, And that show included um, Velvet Underground without... Velvet Underground without Lou Reed and Brownsville Station played there. And I'm pretty sure and uh, and a local band called Biggie Rat played there, too. So that was like the first time that Ellis played. And then the second time that Ellis Cooper played in our area was at this party called the Most Beautiful Picnic out in Lake Milton. And this was the first big major outdoor rock concert that we had in the Youngstown area it happened out at Lake Milton and the bands included Ellis Cooper, Bob Seeger, I think Brownsville station might've been there. Uh, our buddies from law Chuck Berry, and um and ted nugent and the amboy dukes and the show ended when somebody threw an m80 on stage when ted nugent was playing and it blew out the pa (laughs) and then that was the end of it in in true youngstown fashion you know so ellis was a part of the uh, very first big outdoor concert that we had in the youngstown area and then from there of course he played at tomorrow and of course from there he played at the um he played at the Tomorrow Club, of course. you got to mention the Tomorrow Club. And he played at the B&B Backstage in Boardman. He played at the Amphitheater in downtown Youngstown. He played at the Covelli Center. Uh, he is just at Packard Music Hall. So Ellis has been a mainstay on the Youngstown rock scene from day one, from the day that 18 come out till then. So we are honoring Alice with this official proclamation from the commissioners. And on top of that, our buddy, Keith Sturgeon, who's a fine artist, fine local artist, who's gaining a national reputation. He did up a trash can in honor of Alice. And I'm talking about an old galvanized, old school trash can. And he, um, he came up with that, and Ellis had an album called Trash. So he did like the Ellis Cooper Trash album cover on there. And you know, he had a song called Poison. So he has the poison, uh, uh the stuff on it. It is just so badass. And, uh, we I, I can't wait to see the look on Ellis's face when he sees this and when we present it to him. So it is going to be a, a great time at the Ellis Cooper show. And uh, Keith is also going to join us for Ace Fraley's birthday tomorrow. He's the former guitar player from kiss. And, um, he did up, a, a, a special two foot tall, um, Greeting card, birthday card, custom painted for Ace. So we're going to see how that goes over, too. Talented
0: so, people in our area, that's for sure.
1: So we, uh, we're we going to talk to Keith here in a little bit. You know, we'll have him give us a buzz. But so those are two of the big things here. And uh, we'll play that Alice interview coming up in a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the things. You know, we mentioned the Tomorrow Club, you know, so we have to mention Idora Park. Yesterday was the anniversary of the fire at yeah. Idora Park. And I was thinking about that the other day, 1984, that fire happened. So do you realize how, what kind of old fart you have to be at this point in time to remember the, the tomorrow club and Idora park <laughs> and hot day and left end, we're going to get them all in. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to hit the button because I, I think it's going to wear out. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. And on top of that, uh, I, I'm a little sad today. I'm in mourning. I'm a little heartbroken. One of my idols, one of my heroes passed away. And uh, I say this with a a tear in my eye, Jerry Springer.
0: You never got your shot. Jerry
1: Springer left us at the age of 79. And that has always been one of my biggest goals in life, was to be on the Jerry Springer show. And I was knocking at the door. I came this close Mm -hmm. to being on the Jerry Springer show. And I'm I'm kind of bummed that, that it didn't go down. For some reason, I always wanted to be on there. And I know a lot of people that have been on there. I've had a lot of friends that have been on there. You guys might not know that about me, but I do know a lot of Jerry Springer guests. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, sure you might be, I'm sure you might be surprised about that. But yeah, I do know uh, a lot of uh, Jerry Springer guests that, that, from our area. And it started with uh, one of my buddies in Warren, one of the Low Life brothers And he was like the first person I met that was on Springer. And he was on there doing something crazy and perverted in like a furry costume. You know, the furries are like, that's kind of like a fetish of people that, uh, you know, get off with people in (laughs) fuzzy costumes and stuff. So he was on that. And then I had another buddy that used to work with us a lot. Um, We used to call him Little Chucky, you know, midget little person although i I think with him you could call him like a midget and stuff because he embraced it he wasn't like oh you know i'm a little person i I mean he that was the cards he was dealt and he he took it to the max you know i mean it was nothing for him to go out there and and be involved in like midget tossing and you know he didn't care you know (laughs) he he played it up big time you know and he was uh he was involved in the wwe for a while he was uh they had um you know, when Jerry the King Lawler was out there, they had him. I forget what his name was. He had some kind of name, Stinky or something. And and Chucky would be out there. Little Larry. Larry the Legend. And uh, he would be out there dressed like a king, too, and all this crazy stuff. But he had kind of a really big run on the Jerry Springer show because whenever they needed a little person you know he would step up and since he was in wrestling and everything and he was on several we used, whenever he would be on the Jerry Springer show we would have a viewing party over at the ice house and i think he was on the one with um playboy playmates that only can get off with midgets mm. and then they had another one you know i'm i'm sleeping with somebody and I'm going to, the surprise guest. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and the, and the woman would be out there and go, I'm sorry, you can't satisfy me. You're not a real man. I, I have to let you go because I, I found somebody that could really complete me and fulfill me. And the guy said, where's this son of a bitch, bring him out. And then they bring out a midget. And then the guy goes berserk and, they, <laughs> and then the other one was the midget clan. Now, the Midget Clan was a classic because not only did the Midget Clan were racist, but they hated tall people as much as they hated people of certain races. Mm. So the Midget Clan was <laughs> full of hate. And I could swear that they had to film some of those scenes out by the old radio station because, you know, they had them like dancing around a fire and all this stuff. So mm. the Midget Clan comes out and, you know they're, they're talking about how they hate minorities and how they hate, uh, tall people and everything. And so it turns out at the end that the grand wizard of the midget clan turned around and backstabbed everybody and started seeing a full size black (laughs) woman at the end. So, you know, this, this is some of the Jerry Springer stuff. And then I had another friend from Alliance, Tammy, AKA granny. And granny's son was on the Jerry. There was a lot of people from Alliance that were on Jerry Springer, like the chicken man. And, you know, and we would do viewing parties with these people at really? different bars and stuff at like their local bar. And I know there was a lot of people from uh, Alliance that were on the Jerry Springer show. And I guess, you know, they would come and pick you up in a limo in your trailer park and things like that. And, and you know, when they would take you to the show they would treat you first class. They would fly you there first class and come and pick you up in a limo at your trailer park and all this stuff. And they would get you so liquored up, you know, because they wanted you to be, you know, when this stuff went down, they wanted you to be all liquored up. But then at the end of the show, it was like, they just kind of opened the door and (laughs) thank you. Adios, (laughs) you know, have fun in your trailer park, you know, but, um, so anyways, um, yeah, you know. Oh, so Granny, she got on there because uh, her son was on there a couple times, and then he was going to date this girl, and Granny thought that that he met online or something, and Granny thought that he shouldn't date her because he was a heartbreaker, and you know she shouldn't get involved. And the next thing you know, she's on there. Granny's on there, you know, lifting her top and getting earning her Jerry deeds. You know? <laughs> and you know, and when you when you're sitting there and you're watching these people, you know on TV and you got everybody there. It was, it was a lot of fun. The Jerry Springer um, uh, viewing parties were, were a lot of fun, kind of like the Academy Awards or something. You know, some people would, you have a draft party for the football and stuff or Super Bowl party, the Jerry Springer viewing parties at, you know, somebody's different bars around town were always a, a a big draw. So anyways, well, you know, uh, what's
0: special about that too is that you will never be able to do that again on TV. Oh,
1: no, 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 no. There, there's no possible way. It just
0: way. happened one time, and it'll never be, be able mm-hmm. to be repeated.
1: Oh, yeah, that 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 stuff's completely gone. So the one I, I almost got on, me and Viking Jim were like this close to getting on. I'm out at a biker rally, and I run into this woman, Crazy T. I, I'm sure Crazy T is still out there. And Crazy T used to sell willy beads at biker events because she thought it should be equal time. If the women are going to flash and you're going to throw them some beads, the guys should flash and they get beads. Okay. So she made these little like, tiny necklaces called willy beads. And so you're out there and, you know, the, the the women would have the willy beads and the guys would come over there. That's back when, you know, some of these biker things were just – well, I was going to say balls out, literally. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean, that was back in a day when, you know, the, the wet t-shirt contest and anatomy contest. And so Crazy T has these willy beads and she goes, how, how could I, you know, advertise these? What would be a way that I could advertise these? I said, you know what? I said, you got to get on the Jerry Springer show. So I fabricate this whole thing. I said, listen, we'll go on there. You'll say, you're my old lady, you know, biker talk, you know, it's because some people say, Oh, you're going to your old lady, but in biker talk, that's, you know, that's your old lady, you know? So anyways, I said, why don't we hit up Jerry Springer and the thing will be, I can't take you selling these Willy beads at all these biker events with all these guys exposing themselves and stuff. So you're going to have to make your choice either you're going to go out on the biker thing and sell Willie beads to guys with their pants down, or you're going to stay with me. You know? So we, mm-hmm. we fabricated this thing and, 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 Jerry's people actually bid on this. And so, and then somehow Viking Jim was going to be involved in this and, you know, and it, I mean, we were we were very close. We were knocking on the door, like almost getting ready for airline tickets and that kind of wow, thing. So it it was rolling pretty good. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, finally, man, the, I'm going to get on Jerry Springer. I'm going to, you know, live my lifelong dream of being on the Jerry Springer show. And uh, then they, I guess, I I don't know exactly what they added to the plot and then crazy T backed out. She goes, you know what? She goes, I got some crazy stuff and I'm crazy T, but for some of this stuff that they want to add into the show, I don't know. I think it was getting Viking Jim dressed as an Easter bunny or something. And it was getting out there. And so, so they backed out and that was my, uh, my big shot. I Did, mean, do you
0: ever think about how life would be different had you been able to walk through that door?
1: Oh yeah. I, I would have felt, uh, you know, I would have probably had more of a swagger, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, people get those once in a lifetime bucket list That's things. Right. And, uh, being on the Jerry Springer show was one of mine. I always wanted to be on there and not necessarily as a bad guy or getting in a fight or anything, but for something goofy, something wild, but yeah, they, 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 they were starting to pitch like some real crazy stuff and she wasn't comfortable with it. She just wanted to stick with the, you know the Willy well, B If
0: he would have gone along with it, then Viking Jim would have lost all his credibility. We wouldn't be able to take him seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. You know Viking Jim would have been a scourge, and <laughs> you, who knows that poor guy? What would, that would have did to his reputation? I'm you. Yeah, his whole credibility. Oh, so you know, lucky for him. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. What was he thinking about? That could have been. <laughs> oh, <what a laughs> that, that that could have been the uh the, the the big thing there. You know <laughs> that the, the with, with Viking that could have ruined his whole career. You know be, You know, who knows what people would have thought of Viking Jim after that, that's you know, it. they thought he was some kind of Spoiler. low life, goofy, perverted, twisted, sick, you know, but yeah. So fortunately, I guess that worked out fine for like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I guess sometimes things do work out for Absolutely. a reason and things happen for a reason. And that's probably, we didn't want to tarnish the reputation of Viking Jim. Yeah, By did me?
0: Lisa Neal do something with bunny rabbits? He might have been able to fit in with one of her. <laughs> yeah,
1: with the crazy horror movie with the Easter <laughs> bunny. They killed her with a dildo into the brain. See, and... <laughs> it could have been another door open for our Vikings. Right, 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 right. I think we were trying to get uh, me and Lisa Neil on, on on Springer at one time too, but um, yeah, oh, it, that would have been good. It it, it was. Uh, I was trying, and you know what? I I interviewed Jerry. When he was going to run for, I think he was going to run for Senate in in Ohio, and I was the first person that interviewed him. I was filling in for somebody on on five seventy. I might have been filling in for Rivers or Mangino. I said, you know what, Jerry Springer wants to run for. I, I think he was running for governor, or he was running for uh, Senate, and he was going to throw his hat in the ring. And I was like the first guy that that, that interviewed him That's way before cool. anybody. And then he went on to uh, WTAM, and he did a short lived talk show on on the radio there and you know I tried to get in touch with his people because I had some good ideas for him you know mm-hmm. and I think he was lacking that little edge or or something you know with like some parody songs or something and you know I had reached out to them and I think they thought I was a goof and mm-hmm. you know so yeah I, I was spurned by Jerry Springer twice how about when he was the mayor of Cincinnati and he paid a hooker with a check? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was my, uh, knocking on the door with Jerry Springer. And I, I was always holding out a little bit of hope that maybe somehow I would get on there. And I guess that's, that's something that it's, uh, no longer, uh, a possibility so So holding out
0: for that call all these yeah and
1: today's a sad day for me you know and and, you know we met him a few times over at uh uh the royal oaks there's a couple of pictures of me him and viking jim uh, floating around from the royal oaks we had a couple of drinks with jerry over at the oaks so uh yeah that was uh, uh those were the good old days those were the good old days so that is um my Jerry Springer show. As a matter of fact, I was looking at this thing today and this had, let me see if I could find this. This was like the, um, the top 10, somebody's top 10, um, uh, somebody's top 10 Jerry Springer episodes, and I, I'm just going to run by these and and see. But to me, the Midget Clan was one that yeah. was hard to beat. That might even been a two-parter because it was so intense and so much stuff going on. You know, the drama. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot to it. It, it just wasn't that uh, that these guys. Uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's the Hogs. Hogs is checking in. That one time we had Hogs try to set the the attempt. Of the most resolutions revolutions in a commercial dryer, he
0: went inside. a dryer? Yeah, we put the
1: hogs inside of a dryer in a laundry mat to see how many times he could spin around. <laughs> and even that didn't get us on Jerry Springer.
0: Man, try as you might.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's that, that's kind of a sad one, though. You know.
0: And by the way, the bourbon that you have today, this is this has become my favorite here. This is uh the Bullet Bourbon but this is the 10 year aged version. And oh, hold that my, up
1: man. The 10 year I'm not even done my coffee. I'm you know what? I'm sitting here. T- you already finished yours. Holy shit, I'm running behind here. Let me just find this um Let me just find this one here about the the uh the 10 the top 10 Jerry Springer The top 10 Jerry Springer moments. So what else been going on with you, man? You know, I know you're traveling uh... like, like normal. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Went down to Tennessee, down to Nashville. Got, have you ever
1: done Nashville, by the way? Uh, years and years and years ago, everybody says it's really fun. And I should get my ass down there.
0: It is freaking nuts. Like broad street or whatever that main street is. Uh-huh. It was, it was like Las Vegas for country music. It was so intense.
1: And and there's a lot of people down there, like at all all times,
0: tons. It's like New York city density, like that many people in one spot. No kidding. Oh heck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I haven't, you know, I, I was down there years ago, 20, 30 years ago, maybe even longer than that. And, uh, it it was fun then, but uh, yeah, I guess everybody that I, I I hear they have a lot of rooftop bars down there and that's one of my favorites. I love the root. I'm a fan of the rooftop bars. Wherever I go, I try to find a, uh, a rooftop bar let me search this here for jerry jerry
0: Hoag says the dryer wouldn't shut off and he was stuck in there
1: yes he was yes he was and i think that helped him almost set the record because he was in there Hell, <laughs> oh, hey how am i gonna get out of there? <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty good and uh okay we're, we're we're the top 10 jerry springers here okay jerry springer had a epic cameo in the simpsons Jerry Springer's ex-wife Oh okay, Jerry Springer's most viral guest, maybe this is it. Um, let's see. Okay, oh the man who married a horse Okay. That was, that was one of oh them. Adult babies. That oh, was big goodness. on there for a while. The adult babies <laughs> where that. these guys would be dressed up and the women would change their diaper. And yeah, the, the, the adult babies was pretty twisted. That was a thing there for a minute. I, I don't know if people are still into that anymore. Or... i seen
0: some pictures. Okay, last It's still weeks. going on. Oh, still uh, the going adult on. baby's
1: still going on. All yeah. right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, a woman here wanted to break the uh, world sex record. That was another one. Porn star Jasmine St. Clair wanted to break the record on uh, for Jerry back in 1997. Then we had a guy who cut off his own penis. That was also one that... Uh, was uh, went viral (laughs) see i'm always trying to find ways to go viral maybe i should bring back some of these seems dangerous (laughs) hi i'm the guy that dropped off my own penis (laughs) i used to talk like this but uh yeah jerry um so bad it was gone Springer noted that okay, Springer noted that noted that his audience was more shocked by the guests flushing it down the toilet than removing it in the first place. So not only did he chop it off, he flushed, flushed it down it. the toilet. My good. Here's a woman who cut her own legs off. And she's happy. She used a power saw to chop off both of her legs. They say that might be the most bizarre story in Jerry Springer history. And I thought getting on there with the lady with the Willy beads was going to be something big, but obviously,
0: you would I'm not even in the, the top.
1: Lake. I'm not even in the top ten of the viral. No. Uh, not even close. I'm not. You know, I didn't marry a horse. I didn't chop off any body parts. Adult I did, babies. I didn't try to set the right. Okay, man who slept with girlfriend stripper sister. Okay, the kung fu hillbilly. Danny, the Kung Fu Hillbilly appeared on Jerry Springer multiple times over the years to show off his fighting moves. That might be one you want to look up at home, folks. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, there, the Kung Fu Hillbilly from Jerry Springer. So those are uh, some of the things there that um, I guess <laughs> I guess uh, interest me. And this is the kind of uh, company that I would like to be in. But unfortunately, it just didn't pan out that way. No, nope. the life is funny with its twists and turns. That you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we go. Rick Van Kirk, Papa, checking in. Oh, H, How are you, man? Hey, let me take a little sip of this bourbon. Look, I didn't even, you're, you're done with your coffee. You're done with the, you know, I'm on a roll here. This is usually when I start getting that white cakey stuff on the corner of my mouth when I talk this long nonstop.
0: You, you had to get it out. It's been a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. And we just even, that, that was just Jerry Springer. You know, we got this Ellis Cooper thing I want to get to. We got to talk to Keith Sturgeon, our artist, to talk about his two projects and and how cool they come out. I'll tell you, I am knock on wood, you know. See when you do these things at these rock shows, you never know what might happen. Right. You know, maybe the artist ain't, you know, in the in the mood or anything. So I'm not really all that fired up until it actually goes down. And when it's over, I'll be really happy, you know. But uh, the thing with Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper Day, well, you know we had Commissioner Traficani on here and Dave Ditzler, the other commissioner, and they're both diehard rock and rollers. You remember we had Anthony Traficani in here with his guitar jamming AC/DC, and and, and Dave, uh, for many years, ran the arcade, which was a popular uh, rock spot in the '90s over by YSU. So these guys are uh, are really are really into it i really into it. Oh, OH says he's out at the lake, and the fishing's really good. I went out on Sunday. Sunday was a probably the worst day to go. We still caught a few, but the weather changed. We had those 80-degree days. It's like, oh, they're going to be on fire. But it's amazing on how fish react to when the weather changes, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and how they just they just turn off, and then they go, like, chill somewhere, and then it gets warm again. And the sun comes out, and they come back out, and they get out. Act- just like people, really. That's exactly you know? right. So, um, yeah, the Ellis Cooper thing is going to be bad to the bone and, Ace uh, Ace Fraley's going to be a lot of fun too on Friday. And uh, you know what? I do want to give a shout out to, um, Robbins theater because they have a bunch of good shows coming up. They have, uh, Donnie Baker from the Bob and Tom shows coming up in June and also in June, I believe June 10th, uh, they bring the shows back to the, uh, Warren amphitheater. And that is always a great time. I don't know if you've ever been out there for those shows, but it's like a it's like a balls out rock concert. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really good, and uh, everybody has a good time out there. Lori Mercer checking in. Cheers, Lori. How are you? And uh, I better get drinking here. What, what, what do I want first? Coffee or booze? <laughs> They're good compliments. Go back I, and I forth. know. Yeah. 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 So. Um... Yeah, that's what that's what's going on. So yeah, if uh, Keith, if you want to give us a buzz, I know Keith Sturgeon is standing by. Do you want me to play that
0: audio first? No, no, we'll
1: talk to Keith first and then. Let me get that. You know what? I I I didn't even talk about Idora Park yet, so I don't know if we're going to even get to the Ellis interview. You know.
0: Well, buy me a second while I get the phone. Oh, okay. All
1: right. Anyways, like I say, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, and uh, I am really pumped up though for Ellis Cooper. And I'll tell you what, I'm amazed. And how good Alice still sounds, you know. Alice is just uh a, a bad Thank than a bone. <laughs> okay. Please enter your show or meeting number and press time. Oh, you're doing this as we go. Yeah, see, this is really what separates this podcast from like say Joe Rogan or some of these other people. We actually show you the behind the scenes. It's going on right in front of your oh, eyes. Yeah, yeah in Thank front you of your me. ears.
0: You are now in the host room. Manage your colors from the Cullen Studio web
1: interface. <laughs> this is how we do it.
0: Oh, he's already on.
1: You want when we go to him? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll tell you, you are still the champion of espresso, Joe. Well, thank you. You that's the only reason I come down here. That's right. Is for the espresso and the bourbon. Everybody's it's gonna free. have that one ace in there. <laughs> How do we keep this, this <laughs> stellar talent coming back week after week? Yep. Uh, we lure him in with the espresso and the bourbon. It's Either hookers, cocaine, or espresso, and you, it's you Jerry. The- Jerry <laughs> it's like kind of a Jerry uh, Jerry Springer type thing. Yep. All right, Keith, you with us? Yes, I am. All right. With us right now is uh, Youngstown artist Keith Sturgeon. And uh, Keith is starting to gain like a national reputation with like, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that do custom car stuff and uh, Jay Leno. And he, he has this really unique style of uh, doing portraits with pinstriping. And uh, we got two big projects coming up this week. So uh, Keith, you getting fired up? You ready for this weekend?
2: Dude, I haven't
1: slept for the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, tomorrow we're going to start it off. It's uh, Ace Fraley's birthday, former Kiss guitarist Ace Fraley. And Ace is going to be at the Robbins Theater. And we are putting together an awesome custom-made two-foot-tall metal birthday card for, uh, for, uh, for, for Ace. So tell us a little bit about that, first of all. You did such an awesome job on that.
2: Well, thank you, Freddy. Yeah, what I did is I, you know, you asked me if I was interested in it, and uh, it took me about two seconds to determine if I was or not, and I was definitely interested. So, we talked about it a little bit. I said, well, I don't want to do something on paper that's just going to flop around and turn around and throw it away. So, uh, I had some material here, and I said, well, how about a metal card and put some nice hinges on it? then I started looking around online and seeing what his album covers look like so I just put a bunch of stuff together like that with his album covers and then uh I painted that up on the front cover of his spaceship from uh Space Invaders album and then I put some variegated leaves and, on the inside and then starts airbrushing some uh his face paint from this uh character in uh, on kids space man and so that makes up the inside of the card and of course i put the lettering in there what have you and uh Got it cleared and it's
1: ready to go. Oh, that is awesome, man. And if you're coming out to the show tomorrow at the Robbins Theater, make sure you find uh, Sandra Miller, my partner in crime from Y103, and Keith and myself. We'll have a little table set up and uh, we'll have you sign the card and hopefully we'll present it to Ace. You know, I I think it all depends on what kind of mood he's in, you know. (laughs) And then the big one coming up this Saturday, it is officially. Officially, Alice Cooper Day this Saturday in Youngstown, Ohio, in all of Mahoning County. And uh, we are going to present Alice with a uh, official proclamation. The county commissioners are going to be there to do this. And they're also going to be giving Alice this awesome statue. They did some commemorative statues when they redid the courthouse. And they're going to present Alice with uh, one of those statues. And then the piece of so to say, is we put together a trash can. You know, Alice had an album out called Trash, and we put together a trash can in honor of Alice. And tell us a little bit about this, because this thing is going to be bad to the bone, and it's going to be on display at the Covelli Center. Yeah,
2: I'm really excited about this one. I thought I had more time to work on it than we actually did and so when we finally got the okay to do this and we got the trash can and i picked it up from you i started that night thinking what to do with it and i'm so proud of the way it came out and it, 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 it's
1: just bad. Yeah, we we will be posting some pictures. You're going to hear a lot more about this trash can. So Ellis Cooper, in honor of all the years of Rocking Youngstown, he is going to have a, uh, a trash can in his honor at the Covelli Center, which I think is pretty big. Actually, I was driving Keith crazy because every two minutes I'd think of something else. I'd go, oh, wait, how about a snake? Oh, wait a minute. And I was looking at him, I said, you know what? He has done so much work on this, I'm not even going to call him again but what if I call it? No, I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him. He's done. We're going to leave it as it is. and you know, this Poor guy. He's going to be working on this until the paint's going to be wet as we're in the parking lot. He's going to bring his paint kit in there. Well, oh, Alice, Hey, one more thing here. We forgot, <laughs> you know, but it's got poison on there and flies and it's a, and it's a, it's a galvanized old school galvanized garbage can, which you don't see anymore. You know, they're all plastic and everything. And I happen to see this at my neighbor's house, and I says, "Hey, you know, you got that big fancy blue BFI thing on the wheels and everything. You know, you want to get rid of that garbage can? I ah, just an old garbage can. Yeah, I'll, you know, okay." But it was her mom's garbage can. Then she started getting sentimental. Oh. And then it was like, Oh, could you paint a cardinal on there for my mom? And, you know, hey, Keith, <laughs> I got one more thing for you. Yeah, Keith sent me. Here it is. It's finished. It's done. Hey, great job, Keith. Uh listen. Right <laughs> yeah. Where can we put a cardinal on there? <laughs> and so then, but that picture. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be seeing more about this here and coming up after Saturday. And like I say, when you do this stuff, though, with these rock guys, you never know what might happen at the show. But in my mind, I hope I'm not even jinxing stuff by talking about it right now. But we're getting close. And I, I'm hoping at this point, knock on wood, uh, the, but the trash can, it just came out so great. And same with the birthday card too. So we're going to see what happens. All right, Keith, we're going to let you go and I'll meet up with you tomorrow. Uh, I'll call you with all the times and uh, all, all the stuff that you need. And uh, we're just going to have a great time. Friday night, Ace Fraley birthday party, Saturday night, the Alice Cooper presentation of Alice Cooper day in Youngstown, Ohio and all of Mahoning County, because again, uh, now, Alice's career in the Youngstown area spanned more than just Youngstown. Struthers, B&B, backstage, um, Lake Milton, uh, downtown Youngstown, and also Alice loves golfing at the Mill Creek, Golf, uh, Mill Creek Park Golf Course. And you know Alice is a scratch golfer. As a matter of fact, Alice Cooper was the first rock star to endorse a product. And the product he endorsed was Ping Clubs. No
0: way. Yep.
1: So that's a little oh. trivia question for you. And so uh, for, uh, for just for Alice, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Knock on wood, we hope it all goes down. I hope talking about it isn't jinxing it. But uh, we, have, uh, we have been fired up about this, and uh, we'll see if it goes down the way we hope, you know. If not, if not, the Covelli Center is going to get a hell of a, a, a work of art with that garbage can. He's turned into like Andy Warhol. I'm going to I'm going to turn I'm going to turn Keith into Andy Warhol before, yeah. you know, we're going to be painting garbage cans and all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, you'll you'll be seeing more about it. Yeah. Hey, I look
2: forward to. Call tomorrow,
1: Freddie. Call me whenever. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, We'll meet down at the Robbins tomorrow. And then uh, Saturday night, Alice Cooper at the Covelli Center, man. Let's get ready to rock and roll. All right, Keith, have a good one. And thanks for all your work. And I think people are really going to love it when they see what, what you've been up to, man. Well, I appreciate it.
2: And thank you very much. Okay, uh, thank I'll you.
1: you hey, you know what, though? It's I was good, looking man. at that can. And, you know, there's that one spot under that fly. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not getting. <laughs> <laughs> did we put a dagger on? was there a dagger on there anywhere was there a severed head did we have so- <laughs> okay yeah there we go all right all right we'll see you then uh local artist all keith right. sturgeon and uh he is just he is just such a good sport for doing this stuff and uh, it's going to come out really cool it's it's really going to come out cool uh, yesterday was the anniversary of the Idora Park fire. I'm gonna talk about that. 1984. Uh, it, it, it's a shame that we don't have something like that in the Youngstown area anymore. And that that thing was just so iconic. And it just it, it it was just a special place for so many generations of people. You know, it's hard to even explain it now because it's like that fire was in 1984. You got you to gotta be an old fart to remember all this stuff now. Sometimes I feel like I'm in this nostalgia thing. I don't want to be a nostalgia. You know, hey, Grandpa, remember you? Yeah, we went to Mill Creek Park and we listened to the Wizard and Left End was there. But Left End dominated Eidwar Park. They They played there for 14 straight years and they packed the place, and the way they used to do, they used to do the spring thing, WHOT used to do this with Boots Bell and everybody, and they would do the spring thing, and you would have, like, a headliner would be, like, Bobby Sherman, uh, Bay City Rollers, um, David Cassidy, um, all that stuff, you know, all those the, the teeny bopper heartthrobs of the time would be like the headliner in the ballpark, and then out on the midway, as where I thought you had the real bands, you know. And even though I was, you know, teenager at the time, uh, you know, on the midway you had Michael Stanley. You had Joe Walsh, you had the Raspberries, you had, I, I can't Yay. even think of all the bands and then all the killer bands, you know, that were, were hot around here at the time, you know, you had Gary Markaski out there with whatever band he was in and all, all the, you know, we had so many just killer bands and they would all be playing on the midway all day. And for the rockers, they were drawn as big a crowd. The local bands is like the big headliner would do in the ballpark. And of course, left end just dominated once they hit the stage and there's, you can look that up, uh, you know, if you go on, um, on YouTube or maybe even Facebook, if you look up left end at Idora park and you can see the crowd of the people out there. And it was like that for 14 straight years for them guys, you know, they just packed that place. And, uh, so that, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And uh, it, it's hard to just explain the memories of Idwar Park because it was just so special. You know, they had two of the meanest roller coasters in America at the time. They had the the Wildcat and the um, the Wildcat and the Jackrabbit, and it, uh, it it was really sad. And it, boy, if, if we had a place like that again, you know, if we had a place like that again, it would be uh, it would it would just be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, there they are. There's left end at uh, Hot Day. What was that 1973? <laughs> oh, shit, does that sound old? 73, and the fire was in '84. It was 11 years after. Look at these guys; they looked like they were from outer space. You know, they were such showmen, and they had those costumes on, and they they looked like. They, look at look at that crowd there on the midway at Idora Park. And, you know, another funny thing about Idora Park. If you look up this movie, they got a movie out there called All the Marbles, and it starred peter falk it was like a stupid movie that really went nowhere and it starred peter falk columbo and he was the manager of these mud wrestlers although they were they didn't, want, they didn't want to be mud wrestlers they were serious female wrestlers and he was like kind of a con man and he would drive them around and try to make some money and this and that and um, a lot of it took place at at the at idor park and they they filmed a lot of Idora Park in that, and uh, they also filmed around Youngstown a lot in there too. So you can even look that one up on on YouTube or whatever. The movie is called All the Marbles with uh, Peter Falk. Look at that! Look at that though on the, on the midway there at Idora Park. I might be in that picture somewhere. I know I'm in that picture somewhere. If it was left end and it was uh, 1973, I'm gonna say there was a good chance that I'm in there somewhere in that in that in that just crowded look how good we look back then, man boy look at them rock and rollers from 1973 now you know why we're the way we are right there and uh so anyways this uh movie all the marbles with peter falk uh yeah okay what does it say here a comedy drama film about the trials and tribulations of a female wrestling tag team and their manager it was film. Okay. The film was called the California babes because all the marbles were uh, okay. Anyways, Harry Peter Falk was the manager of their tag team of attractive female wrestlers, Iris and Molly on the road. They endured a number of indignities, including bad motels, small time crooks, and a mud wrestling match while trying to reach Reno, Nevada for the big time at the MGM grand. And of course the big mud wrestling match was at Idore park in Youngstown. And they They also show different scenes around Youngstown on that. As a matter of fact, they were showing some some scenes uh, th- that were filmed from 680 and our house was right off of 680. And one day I was like dozed off on the couch at like three o'clock in the morning. And that movie happened to be playing on TV. And I open up one eye and I'm looking at this movie and I'm going, damn, that looks like our house on the movie. You know, like, and I got up and I'm going, Yeah, that is our house on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> had the scaffolding that my old man had on the house for like 10 years because he never put the siding on. You know, the house was falling down, and there's our house with the scaffolding on the freaking movie, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was uh, that was something. So, that's um, okay, so I covered Jerry Springer, covered Ace Fraley. You want to do the Alice Cooper interview? You want to throw that on? Yeah, and uh, you yeah. know what? That that should probably take us up to the end of the show. It should. All right. So here we go. Uh, you know, this, this was probably from the last time that Alice played here. So some of it might be out of date and, and you know what? I really didn't have time to edit it, but that's the way we roll around here. Whatever happens, that's the way it goes. We, you see the behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> you, you, you hear you know, somebody was saying, uh, I don't want to do a podcast. Cause then I got to edit it. I got to do this. I got to do that. I said, no, you don't. We, you just let it fly and wherever it goes it goes and you know if you think about it too much then you'll never get it done ageless the timeless the legendary ellis cooper ellis welcome to the show man good to hear from you thank you fast freddie and uh, yeah vampires are like that we just don't age i'll tell you how important has it been for you to keep that rock and roll body as far as your longevity is concerned
3: you know what i was a i was a distance runner in school I was along just you know for like like twenty miles fifteen miles of cross country track and everything, and I always maintained that body. I never really you know lost that uh that sort of slim body style and uh and so you know uh, it's paid off i didn't I never smoked either, I never smoked cigarettes, but I quit drinking thirty eight years ago, so I mean that's why I'm still here. <laughs> And it it, it it just wouldn't work though if you
1: had a pot belly or something. When you look at guys like you, uh, yeah. Mick Jagger, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, uh, that 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 rock and roll body is important to keep this going.
3: It is, you know. I mean, I, I always said if I can't play Alice and look like Alice, then I would I would quit. You know, I mean, but I've maintained. You know, I, I can still wear my letter sweater from high school. How's that?
1: Yeah, that's pretty good, man. That you could still do that. <laughs> I can't wear the same pair of pants I had two years ago. I mean, come on. <laughs> I gotta work on. I got a rock and roll body, but I got a different kind of rock and roll body. You know?
3: Yeah, you got more of a rock and roll body that's been beaten pretty badly. No, I like. I got a picture of you right here. You look okay.
1: Now you're going to be uh, rocking Youngstown on September 27th along with uh, Ace Fraley. That is definitely going to be a nice night, man. It's going to be a rocking night. Now, of course, your band is smoking hot what what's it like every night for you to come up on stage and you got three guitar players like ryan roxy and nita strauss and tommy hendrickson what's it like man to just jump on stage knowing you got that behind you and you guys are just ready to blow the roof off the place
3: you know it makes my day a lot easier knowing that that band just doesn't make mistakes you know i mean they get on stage and here's the best thing about that band is that they're best friends they're all best friends so you never hear any of this griping backstage. You never hear people ego tripping backstage or anything like that. Everybody is best friends. And so all you hear is laughing. Now the la- and what? that makes it so easy for me. <laughs>
1: Now, the last time you played there, we did like a record store signing with, uh, with Ryan yeah. and Tommy. And I'll tell you what, they were just such great guys. And you can see that camaraderie, just the way they were hanging out together and, and joking and just the way they were greeting the fans. It was, you, you could really tell. And I think it makes a difference when those guys get on stage.
3: Well, you know, when we get on tour, just on tour, we have so much fun on tour. You know, I mean, it's like uh, nights off, we all go to the movies. Uh, you know, it's like uh, everybody wants to hang out together. I know other bands that can't stand each other. The only time they see each other is on stage. I, I can't imagine how anybody could tour like that.
1: You know, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret though. Those guys told me that the secret to touring with Alice Cooper is that they got to let you win the golf matches. That uh, that's that's the secret. They said they you know, let that's you the win.
3: Easiest- that's the easiest part of it <laughs> because i'm going to beat them anyways <laughs> you know i mean i'm i'm playing to like one handicap right now so you know these guys are all 13 14 handicaps so but they're great to play they're good players right right right
1: now i know you uh, golfed at mill creek the last time you were here in youngstown
3: yeah that's right we well we play nine holes at least every day uh-huh. you know and that's so weird because golf and and alice cooper never meet Right, you know, they, they, when I'm on a golf course, I'm not Alice Cooper. When I, that night on stage, I become Alice Cooper, and that's and the two Alice never thinks about golf, and when I'm on the golf course, I never think about Alice Cooper. So. It, it, it's, a, it's a coexistence that works.
1: Now you've been playing Youngstown from the very beginning of your career. Now I remember I, I've just got a little list of some of the places you, uh, that you played here. You actually played the first big outdoor rock concert that we ever had in Youngstown. It was you and uh, Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes and Bob Seger and Chuck Berry and Brownsville Station and Tea Garden wow. and Van Winkle. And I, I know wow. some of this is a blur. I'm just throwing these out here. Um You also played at Struthers Fieldhouse with Brownsville Station and the Velvet Underground without Lou Reed. And then there was a place in uh, downtown called the Tomorrow Club. It was an old theater. And uh, you played there. And uh, there was a little club called The Exit, and it was at the bottom of the hill by some railroad tracks. And why you were even playing there, I haven't uh, the slightest idea, but you were there. And then, of course, you played the Bull and Bear, Packard Music Hall, the Covelli Center with Rob Zombie. So uh, Youngstown definitely loves Alice Cooper, and you've been a part of the
3: rock scene here from day one. Well, you know, my, my, I still believe this. Uh, Midwest is uh, the hard rock capital, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're Detroit and all around the Midwest. When you get to the middle section of America, that audience wants hard rock. They're, you know, they're, they don't put up with, uh, you know, I, 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 gosh, I hope you like us here tonight. You know, they want to be shaken. And so bands like Ted Nugent and, of course, Iggy and the Stooges, the MC5, all those bands from Detroit, when you come to town, I mean, we come to town to to rock you. We didn't come there to, to, to babysit you, you know, and that, that but you, New York's got its own thing and the South got its own thing and LA's got its own thing. But you know, the Midwest is the hard rock meat and potatoes rock and roll.
1: Well, if they didn't put the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, I would have definitely not have had a problem if they put it in Detroit because Detroit really is Detroit Rock City. When you think of all the great artists that have come out of Detroit and when you think of it, Motown and everything, I mean, Detroit is uh, is Detroit Rock City. I don't think that's a misnomer in the least
3: bit. No, not at all. And, and, and you know, I mean, it just shows from the, the pedigree of bands that have come out of there. And at the same time, you know, we coexisted with Motown very well. The guys in Motown, we would be up on stage, you know, doing a a show in Detroit with uh, MC5 and Alice Cooper. And and you'd look down, and there'd be Smokey Robinson, and there would be Stevie Wonder, and all those guys would come to the show. And then we would go to see their shows, and there was never any color thing about it. It was just music. Right. We ended up partying with all those guys. And Detroit, for people
1: who don't realize it, I mean, this is the rock scene. and I mean, it's all you guys playing in different clubs on the same night in the same city. I, I think it's oh, yeah. wild.
3: Yeah, no, it was really crazy back then. It was, Detroit was such a hot city. I remember one night we were playing with, um, I think we were playing with The Who that night. And it was at this uh, one place. And uh, across uh, downtown was Elton John and Bob Seger. And then across the street was Steppenwolf and the Stooges, and all places were packed. I mean, you could have five concerts going on with major acts, and they would all be packed.
1: And, you know, that's a Midwest thing, like you said. I think you would find that in Toledo. You would find that in Detroit. You would find that in Buffalo, Absolutely. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Cleveland, I mean, sure. those are all all just such great rock and roll cities, you know. I mean, and then, of course, back in the day with WMMS launching all the bands out of Cleveland. I mean, it was really a crazy time back then.
3: Oh, yeah, very, very crazy times. And, you know, at this, you know, that was the best, I think, maybe the healthiest rock scene ever. You know, was was that whole Midwest scene? Because so many good bands were coming out, and you know, a lot of them are still here. I mean, uh, Iggy's still playing. Uh, we're, I mean, we're touring more now than ever. And, and now, I'm in the other band, in the Hollywood Vampires. You know, and. So at 73 I didn't expect to be in two touring bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild, man. Uh, when you look back on it. Now
1: how how did you get started in the music business? Did did you play an instrument or how did you get, no. what what made you uh, decide to get into in music? When did the bug first was, hit
3: you? I was 15 years old and uh, you know we listened to the Beach Boys and the Four Seasons and Motown, that was top 40. And we were just going into high school. And I'm painting the house in the summertime, and all of a sudden the radio was always on. And so all of a sudden I hear, She Loves You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stopped and I went, What was that? Because I'd never heard anything like that before the Beatles, you know. And then I heard, I want to hold your hand about an hour later. And then I heard, Please Please Me about an hour later. And I went, What is going on? You know, what is this new sound going on? And of course, we were the prime Beatlemania kids. And I immediately called my best friends, you know, that were on the track and cross country team and said, let's start a band. And that that was the original Alice Cooper band. We were called the Spiders, you know, but we were, that was the original band.
1: Isn't it amazing the impact that the Beatles have had on rock music, and that they're still going strong? You know, just about every guy I interview, most of them say, "Man, I heard the Beatles, I saw them on Ed Sullivan," and I mean, it's on it. all levels. People on your level, guys that are still playing in local bar bands or whatever. It's amazing that these four guys from Liverpool had this massive, massive influence on the entire music scene and it's still there today.
3: Well, it's because nobody writes that many great songs. I mean honestly, when you think of it, it's almost like uh, they, they there's always the argument they could be aliens, you know, <laughs> because they wrote 50 or 60 or 70 perfect songs. <laughs> and all those songs still live. I mean, you you can you can put on the first Beatles album or Sgt. Pepper or or any of those albums, and the song will come up, and if you're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, you'll go, oh, man, that's great. What is that? Oh, it's a, it's a little band called The Beatles, you know. <laughs> and But they also influenced Sinatra. They influenced Elvis. They influenced Bernstein. I mean, Broadway, everybody. They influenced everybody. Uh, Ozzy and I talked about this before. If you listen to an Ozzy song or an Alice song, it's always melody oriented, very, very melody. We don't just do riffs. We, we have to sit down and sing, be able to sing that song at a piano. And that's the Beatle influence. Then you can put the hot guitars on it. Then you can put the, you know, the attitude and everything in it. But our, our reference points are always going to be the Beatles.
1: It's it's absolutely amazing that 50, 60 years almost later that and there's not very many bands out there that you, arguably their last album was their best album. I mean, talk about a feat there, you know. And and the yeah, fact that yeah. every member in the in the band went on to a super, you know, a super solo career. I don't think there's well, one band out even there crazier, even
3: crazier than that was that they were the first band, right? And they could make a movie and be funny and have personalities. You take, if you would have taken the Dave Clark Five, if you would have taken Herman's Hermits or anybody else, there might have been one guy that could handle being funny and being charming and being charismatic. Everybody in the Beatles could have been actors. Oh, sure. That's it, what I'm saying. I mean, what's the chances of that?
1: And, and, and then with their press conferences, you still look back on these press conferences and here's these four young guys and these people are just throwing questions at them about anything and they're witty and they're funny and they're right there yeah. and not backing yeah, I mean, down watching, or shying away.
3: You can watch Hard Day's Night or Help, and those movies, and they still hold up. It, it' it's
1: nuts it, it's just nuts the that the impact that the Beatles have had now you know we were talking a little bit about uh Detroit Rock City now your latest album is called uh Detroit Stories, and I'll tell you what I I it's it, that album is really good Ellis I got to tell you that that album is it, it just kicks ass man tell us a little bit about the album
3: well first of all you know yeah we were surprised as anybody else that had debuted at number one in record sales. So, I mean, we were totally taken back by that. Uh, but when we went to Detroit, I wanted to do a hard rock album. And so I wasn't going to do it in L.A. Or, or Nashville or New York. I said, let's go to Detroit and do this. The next thing we knew, we wrote it in Detroit, and then we said, let's use all Detroit players. So we had Mark Farner, you know, uh, we had Wayne Kramer, we had, uh, Johnny B on drums and everybody that we wanted to, to play on that album said, sure. And they all played better than they ever did. And then I got some of the original, uh, I got the original guys on the album for a couple of songs. And, um, and my guy, the original guys in the original Alice band, Dennis, Neil, and Mike still play as good as they ever did. So we, they've been on the last four albums of mine, by the way, the original band and, um, and, and, you know, it was really fun to do this album because instead of layering it sort of like, you know, like we did with Nightmare and made it into a production, kind of a Broadway-ish kind of production, uh, we got these songs done, and I just said, let this band play live. So every track that you hear on that album is a live track in the studio. They all, I mean, that's, that's, that was their power, was playing live. And then we added Joe Bonamassa to the gang. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can't get much better than him on guitar and Steve Hunter. And, man, it just wrote itself, you know.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing album. I'll tell you, people, you know, I know some people our age, they, you know, backed off of buying albums or new music or whatever, but I'll tell you what, man, it sounds so fresh, and like you say, there's so much power in that, and I think that 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 raw, stripped-down feel really comes across in this album. It's just, you know, uh, Shut Up and Rock is a great song. Um, I I had my notes in front of me. I can't find uh, all my notes about the album that I had written down.
3: Um, Hail Mary, Hail Mary Rocks. And, uh, you know, what did we do is we took on every kind of music in Detroit. And we just, you know, we we gave a little bit of a tip of the hat to Motown with $1,000 high heel shoes. And uh, we did, uh, you know, uh, Velvet Underground's uh, rock and roll. But we took it, I said, if we took this song and brought it to Detroit and put a V8 engine in it, you know, and souped it up. Then we could that song could be a real rocker, and it ends up being just a you know phenomenally rocking song.
1: <laughs> and then you have that heavy blues influence in there too. I mean, there's a couple of them songs, man, that that, that just that blues influence comes out. I, I think it sounds dynamite.
3: That's a uh, drunken drunken blues, uh, you know. And it was well, I, you know, I looked at it this way. I said, here's a. Here's a guy that lives under a bridge in a box. Okay, I don't know how he got there, but that's where he lives. And a bunch of people live under that bridge. And there's a girl that lives in a box way down the thing. And he's in love with her. She's in love with him. You know, and I said, That that love story is as valid as Romeo and Juliet. So let's do a blues song, and then, of course, Bonamas is going to play on that, and I get to play harp on it. And, you know, we just turned it into a, just a pure blues song.
1: I know, man. It's, it, it's, it's like kind of a departure from, uh, you know, like I, I think what some people would normally expect. But, but the whole album rocks from, from beginning to end, and, uh, and the videos uh, look awesome, too, man. I mean, the videos that, the, the, that I've seen from it, I, I think you did a great job on that, too.
3: Well, we've got a great record company. They're a German record company, and uh, they are. It's us and Deep Purple on this uh, on the uh, record company, and these guys act like a '70s record company. They're uh-huh. the real deal. They do everything that the old record companies do. See, my ad- attitude is this, uh, Freddie: we is that people, you know, like even Pete Townsend, guy, my my one of my heroes. He says we're not going to make records anymore because nobody's buying records. Yeah, and I went. I, I don't care about that. I know there's a million Alice Cooper fans that want to hear new music. And so I think it's going to make a, I'm making albums for them. I'm not making albums to try to make a million dollars on it. I'm just making albums be, to give my fans over the years new music.
1: And I'll tell you, and it's working because I was really impressed by that album because there are some guys out there too that I sometimes think are putting out an album to put out an album and there's really nothing yeah. behind it. You know, it's like, eh, okay, you know, we're we're gonna do this. Or they're they're operating from that premise that, eh, nobody wants to listen to this. It's not gonna get any airplay. Why are we even wasting our time? We'll throw something out there. But I'll tell you, man, I think I think you put a lot of heart and soul into this one.
3: Oh, absolutely! I'm working on a new album with Bob Ezrin right now, uh, the next Dallas album. We're working on three albums right now at once. Uh huh. Um, so, so there's three more albums in the in in the making right now. So yeah, I just got done in Los Angeles writing with Bob Ezrin and a bunch of different writers, and. Uh, the next album is gonna rock, rock like crazy. It might even be heavier than this album.
1: Oh, that's gonna be crazy! Oh, I'll tell you what was a real Detroit song on that album. Now, the uh, "Go Man Go." I mean, that song oh, yeah. there <laughs> with that—if that song doesn't scream Detroit, I don't know what does.
3: You know? It, it, you know, I I I, I knew that there's characters like this, like the Hamtramck Hammer, you know, and his girlfriend Painkiller Jane, and you know, he just gets <laughs> out of jail, steals a Hellcat, <laughs> and picks her up. And they're trying to outrun the cops, and there's a train coming, and he goes, do I slow down or do I speed up? And she goes, go, man, go. In other words, she's crazier than he is. <laughs>
1: what a song man what a song and you know what uh, uh, social social debris uh the video for that one with, with the old buildings in detroit you know i love to yeah. go to detroit and look at the old buildings you know i to me you it, know that's that's a tourist destination when you go and you see all those old buildings in detroit and you could feel the history of that town and the in and the the, yeah. the glory days when that was like the industrial capital you know because youngstown's the same way we lost our steel mills we lost our car plants. But, boy, when you go to Detroit, I mean, even that with the social debris, you know, I mean, when you see those old buildings, there's there's just a feel to Detroit that you don't get anywhere else.
3: Well, and also that had to do a lot also with the original Alice Cooper band. I mean, you know, we were we were the biggest underdog on the planet. Everybody looked at us as social debris. I mean, they just looked at us and they went, hey. You guys are just, you know, never going to make it. and You guys are too weird for rock and roll, and you're too this and you're too that. So we just felt like outsiders. We always felt like we were on the outside looking in. And then we made it, you know, so... Yeah, we we but we still felt like social debris. We didn't feel like we were invited to the party. Exactly, and then you come to Youngstown,
1: Ohio, and people are like, "These are our dudes right here, man. We get it. Yeah. it. yeah, yeah, we're yeah, we, we're social we, debris <laughs> as well, man. Okay, we get these guys. We know okay. what they're all about,
3: you know. And then that's the, I, again, that's the Midwest. You know, I love the
1: Midwest. You know, and, and, and such timeless classics, man. When you look back on the Alice Cooper catalog with 18 and School's Out, Under My Wheels, man, I mean, you, you know, you guys had a good run a, a good run of writing some solid rock and roll hits. I mean, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Those those things stand up to anything that is out there right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were just guitar driven. You know, I think, you know, yeah. if, you, you know it, 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 that just never goes out of style, you know a couple no, of guitars in and a, in a bass, and, you know, that's that's not going nowhere. It still sounds as fresh as whatever. Bands.
3: Look at the bands that are still here, that are still rocking from that era. The Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, Guns N' Roses, all guitar-driven rock and roll bands. All bands that, so you know, music can go to punk, it can go to grunge, it can go to hip-hop, it can go everywhere. But the only music that has stood the test of time from the 60s on it's hard rock. It's hard driven hard rock.
1: Yep, yep,
3: yep. yep. And yep. Uh, even when you look at like uh, you know,
1: ZZ Top is another band. Now we we lost Absolutely. Dusty Hill this week. Did you guys? Did you have any memories of ZZ Top? You, your cross, your paths ever cross out there? Or you... Oh
3: yeah, yeah. We took them on their first tour. Yeah, they, we were we we took them on their very first tour in 1971, and uh, so uh, Billy and and Dusty and you know Frank, uh, we we've been friends for a long, 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 long time, and. You know, uh, when it happened, I called. I called Billy, and Billy just said, "Wow." He says, "You know," he said, "What are you going to do?" He says, "It just rock and roll it takes its toll on you," and uh, it had nothing to do with drugs. Had nothing to do with anything. He just wore out. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, he just wore out. And then, and the last thing he said to to Billy was, "Show's got to go on. Find yourself a bass player." And then he went. And that's you know? a, that's a true spirit of rock and roll right there, huh? That's
1: it. Yeah. You know, keep it going. We know what it's all about. You got to get out there and then keep that music going. Well, listen, Ellis, I, you've been more than generous with your time, and I want to just thank you. And uh, I have been a fan since day one, and we can't wait to see the show coming up with Ace Fraley. Now, that's going to be a, a great show because, uh, you know, Ace gets in there and he's going to bust out all those old, uh, you know, uh, Kiss Deep cuts, and we do the whole Ellis Cooper catalog. And I'll tell you what, that's going to be a fantastic Fantastic night of rock and
3: roll. Yeah, Ace is great to play with. He's he just he rocks as hard as he's ever done. He's a great guitar player. Uh, and you know when we went on this tour, we said if, if, you know we got to get somebody out there that's going to you know set him up and knock him down, and that's Ace. You know, so we we've toured before. Uh, together. And it, it's really worked out really well.
1: That's that, that was Alice Cooper, uh, from the last time he was in Youngstown. And I don't think I've ever played that interview before. And uh, he just talks about a lot of great stuff, you know, and the, and the spirit of rock and roll in, in, in the industrial rust belt, you know, from back in the day, I mean, the industrial towns like Buffalo and Detroit and Youngstown and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, we are the heart of rock and roll. And that's what, you know, uh, that's, that's just the way it is. And uh it it was just so good to talk to Ellis, and I've always been fascinated by the music scene in Detroit. I mean, think of all the great bands that have come out of Detroit, Bob Seeger, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, if you want to go back that far, Grand Funk Railroad, um, Kid Rock. Um, you know Glenn Fry from the Eagles was from Detroit Madonna's from Detroit Kid Rock's from Detroit Eminem is from Detroit um you know the, the, Jack White from the White Stripes from Detroit uh, you know and then Let's just throw Motown on top of that whole thing there. Could you imagine what that, what a great rock and roll city, a great music city. I don't think there's anybody out there that has that, that history like that. Now, you know, there's a lot of people in show business and a lot of people in music from Brooklyn and New York city, but I don't think they had the sound or the scene that we had here in the midwest you know they they were born there and they had, you know w- went off to places but you know when you're looking for just die hard rock and roll the guy that coined the term rock and roll was from salem ohio and that's just that's just the way we are and that, that was really reflected especially when we were growing up in the in, in the 70s and when alice was breaking out and and all that stuff that's why left end was so big around here we always talk about left end but they had that whole attitude and everything that Ellis was talking about in that uh, in that interview. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see him uh, Saturday night at the Covelli Center. Now, here's something that I almost forgot about. The draft is on. The NFL draft is on. Now, back in the day, see, this is why back in the day for Cleveland Browns fans, The draft meant everything to us. That was all we lived for because we always had the first round draft pick for years and years and years and years because we've always sucked. And it was always a big deal who we were going to pick with our first round draft pick. And we would put the whole weight of the franchise and turning everything around on this one guy. And then he'd turn out to be a bust and then would be all be disappointed next year. <laughs> but then, you know, I got to the point with me where, and it still is now is, is my whole thing. People say, well, what do you think about the draft or what, you know, now we, we really don't have to worry about too much. We did most of our stuff through free agency and yeah. to get Watson, I think we've given away every draft pick for forever. you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, it was like, uh, You know, like I tell everybody nowadays, ask me in October what I feel about the Browns. Wait, what do you think? You're looking good. And maybe it's a wishy-washy answer. But after, I I think the older you get, and if you've been a a Browns fan for a long, long time, and you've had your heart broken, and you haven't been to the playoffs since the 80s, you sit there and you think, you know, Mm -hmm. or you haven't won a championship or something since the 80s. And you just sit there and go, oh, you know why? And I, I, you know, I see a lot of younger guys. When you look online and you see these younger guys and they're all fired up and they're all good to go and everything. And they got this enthusiasm and this optimism. And it's like, okay, wait another 10 years. And you know, (laughs) if you've been around as long as us, you know, you, you, you really are a little jaded, a little callous because you're just sitting there thinking, "Eh, I don't know, but I guess we're going to be looking for a linebacker. I think we're going to look for like some, some help on that, you know? For sure. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. And somebody's like, oh man, what are you thinking? I'm draft. And it's like, you know, ask me in October, middle of October when we're one and five or whatever. And then then we'll see where we're going. So I think I get I I've been just, you know, you've been beaten down so much that it's really hard to, you know, not that I'm not any less of a Browns fan than I've always been. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, I just look at it in a different way. I don't get fired up. I don't get excited. You know, just win. When you win, then I'll really be excited. But it's not going to be like, you know, or some of these younger guys you'll see on somebody's chat room. Well, not chat rooms anymore, but just, uh, you know, comments on Facebook or whatever. And I I could just tell you, okay, you're a young guy. You know, you you got all this optimism in front of you and, and, you know. You you know, but if you, if you've been beaten up since the eighties, you you just don't sit there the same and like, Oh, I'm so excited. and You know, now when the games come around and even though we might be one and five, here's how I look at it. I was at when we had the, the one season when we only won one game and I was at that game on Christmas Eve when we beat the chargers and that was the only game we won in a sleet storm. So, you know, don't tell me, oh, you're not a fan or hey, you're not all in on this team. Get the fuck out or whatever. You know, it's like, dude, you know, shut up. You know, hey, you can't talk bad about the Browns. You're not a fan. and I, It's like, okay, if you were sitting there on Christmas Eve in a sleet storm with a team that hadn't won a game all year and that was the only game they won and you were there, you know what, That that's all I need to say. You know what? Uh, You know, that's, that's how I feel about that. So we'll see what happens. Steelers, who knows, you know, I, I, I just start the season, get, get, get a few games in, and then, then we'll start getting excited. But until then, you know, I'm not getting excited about the draft. I don't get excited about, you know, this guy. Oh, we signed that dude. Oh, this guy. Man, he was playing, you know, and he's going to fill that hole. And, you know, every year you think they fill the holes, right? Every year they, they, they present it to you like, yeah, we picked up this guy. And, oh, yeah, man, we got so-and-so. And, oh, man, this guy's going to be a monster. He's going to be a... You know, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. Well, it's lack. like
0: Larry Curley and Moe when they push the finger in the dike. That, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, here we go. Psh, and water's coming out of this pipe and we'll wrap tape and it's coming out of there. And it's like, you know, yeah, that's how it is. So, right do I want the Browns to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. And yeah. I'm getting older and they better do it quick because I want to party my ass off. I don't want to. Oh, I'd like to go up to Cleveland for the victory celebration, but you know, what? it's Matt past Lock's my bedtime. On. Yeah. <laughs> Ha ha ha! I love that Andy Griffith. I didn't think he could do much more after uh, Mayberry, but boy, he sure stepped it up in Matlock. <laughs> we one some of the old people. You talk about Blue Bloods. There's another one. Oh, oh Blue Bloods is on. You know, <laughs> Tom Selleck and Blue Bloods is like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. That's going cool. yeah, way back. Yeah, Gunsmoke and Bonanza. and yeah, good shows are still on out there. I can't, I can't go up to Cleveland and. Uh, I have a hard time driving in the dark and, you (laughs) know, now when the Cavs won that last time, I jumped right in the car, me and my sons, we jumped in the car and drove straight up to Cleveland two o'clock in the morning. We were still up there. Now that was crazy when they won. And we were going to try to go down to the parade. And if you didn't get there, like at some ungodly hour, there was so much gridlock And the trains were so full, the rapid transit from every stop. I mean, it looked like you ever see those things in India where people are like hanging on the trains and stuff. That's what it looked like to get downtown. And I had to be back on the air at like three o'clock and the parade didn't start until later. And we went up there at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning and you couldn't get near the place. So you know, we had to turn around and come back home, but when they won that night, we went up there and, uh, all there was, was a bunch of people jumping on cars and stuff, you know, (laughs) we were just driving up and down Euclid Avenue and ninth street, beeping the horn, you know, for no apparent reason. But, you know, we were there for that, you know, and, uh, you know, so waiting, but that's why the Browns got to do this before I'm just too old to enjoy it. You know, I want to go on a bender. I want to go crazy. I want to catch a couch on fire. I want to be like the guy in Philadelphia that climbs up on the traffic light and comes crashing down. You know, I come crashing down on a traffic light. If I'm celebrating now, I might break a hip or something. Right. I might have a heart attack just cr- trying to climb up there. I might not even be able to <laughs> climb up there, Yeah, you know, which, I, I, you know what, I'm going to doubt. I don't think I have it in me to climb up on the traffic light to mm. fall off the top. We will all be disappointed if we don't get to see that in our life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be there. You know, I was sitting there thinking the other day, you know, I'm I'm watching those Eagles fans. I'm going, oh, do I hate those Eagles fans? And I look at these guys falling off of the thing uh, three stories up and crashing through an awning at a pizza shop or something. And then I was thinking – well, wait a minute. Why am I judging them? Because there's no telling what I might do. Exactly. If the Browns ever win, I might be that guy that comes three stories off and bounces off the marquee of something sure. and, and crashes through the awning of a deli, you know? Yes. And I'm thinking maybe that's going to be me. I I've never been there. So how could I really judge these people? If I haven't walked a mile in their shoes that, you know, I might you've be the, dri- you've, you've, Drink for sadness. You want to drink for excitement, <laughs> right, 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 right. I might be that guy that that was such a classic photo that you know that people are going to be talking about forever. Right. I might be like the 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 guy that when they think about the Browns winning the Super Bowl and the celebration and that one idiot asshole that did he was naked and he was on fire and he come on and I don't know how he and I don't know how he landed there, but. <laughs> let's go Browns. Here yeah. we go. Now, have we have go. you, have you planned what you're
0: going to do? Or are you just going to let the moment take?
1: You? Oh yeah. We're just going to let the moment all take right. me, you know, but and see, it all depends. Maybe by that time I have an oxygen tank. Am I going to be on a Walker? Am I going to be hobbling in a wheelchair? Am I going to be on a rascals motorized scooter? What am I, how am I going to be? Whoops. Oh. That my friends is alcohol abuse. I spilled a little bit of that bourbon on there on my phone no less. Hmm. I am so sorry, Joe. That's all good. But um yeah, I, I you know, I you know, I'm I'm not getting any younger and I want to I want a party. I remember I went down to the uh the one time the the Steelers won the Super Bowl and they beat Dallas. And I'll tell you what, that, that had to be what, 1979 or something. 78, 76, somewhere in there. It was just so much fun. It was just insane. Everybody was just jammed in downtown Pittsburgh. And I, I went there because I was a news reporter to, to do the thing. But I was having so much fun, even though I hate the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And it was in Pittsburgh. But, boy, it was uh, it was a celebration. And I've been to every Penguins Stanley Cup celebration, too. And I'll tell you what. That, if, if your team could win a championship, oh, yeah. it's, it, it's insane. It's, there, there's nothing like that feeling. And it doesn't happen that often. And that's why it's so special when you get that parade. Right. And, you know, that's what we're so craving in, in Cleveland. You know, we missed it. We were so close three times with the Indians, you know, Guardians, whatever you want to call them. And uh, you know, and I'm just thinking, boy, if we would have won, how would that it would have been so much fun? It's 95, 90, 97, what was that? 2014. There's 17. The, the last one against the Cubs. Yeah. We should have won that one. It's one heartbreak after another. So when I sit there and see, hey, hey did you see who we drafted with the first pick? You know, eh, okay, you see, know. not this year. <laughs> Something's different. But yeah, maybe maybe that's what we need. Yeah, and so we don't think about it, and then we don't put all the pressure on that one guy. Well, the- 20 consecutive years of doing the same shit wasn't working. Yeah, right, right, right. We gave you guys a lot of chances with a lot of number one draft picks. And if you haven't made anything out of it at this point in time, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. That's
0: right. You
1: know what? You guys are shit out of luck, is what we're. Trade all your draft picks for the massage guy. Yeah, there we go. And we'll pay him more money than anybody has ever been paid in the history of football. <laughs> but he can't play this year, but ne- oh. next year. And that's why we're all happy with that because Browns fans, that's our motto. We know no. there's always next year. Uh, we don't sit there and get, you know, bummed out that no. Sean Watson didn't play last year because next year, there's always next year. There's always mm-hmm. next year. So that's why, uh, I think we'll leave on it on that optimistic note. What do you think? That's a good one. All right. A lot of fun here. Uh, so I will see everybody, uh, Robin's theater tomorrow night for the Ace Fraley birthday party and make sure you paint your eyes black and, uh, feed your Frankenstein and, uh, get ready to celebrate Alice Cooper day in your own special way. And, uh, hopefully we'll see you at the Covelli center too. And, uh, Oh, one more little plug for me, uh, tomorrow I'll be back on Y 103, three o'clock, and I will have your chance to win tickets to see the Steve Miller band at the, uh, amphitheater in downtown Youngstown. And that's going to be a fun show too. So Joe, I think we got uh, everything done. It's always good hanging out with you, man. Yeah, and, sure. uh, you know, we still got a lot of good shows to get to and a lot of good guests and, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in today and we'll uh, catch you later. Peace out.
3: Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown studio. If you like our programming, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Facebook page, or subscribe to your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. This is original Youngstown content, and we